Welcome everyone to our featured podcast on thought leadership with Dr. Ray McKinley. Dr. McKinley is an expert on leadership and character development. Let's join the conversation now. Hello, everyone. This is Ray McKinley. Welcome to our weekly podcast, Ride the Elephant Today. I'm very excited today because we have a favorite friend of mine who's going to be our guest, and she's a very accomplished young woman. Her name is Naomi Rohde. She's a CSP and a CPA, a professional speaker. In fact, she's in the Speaker Hall of Fame. She's been the past president of the National Speakers Association. In fact, she's been the past president of the Global Speakers Federation. She received a very distinguished award in 1997 called the Cabot Award Honoree, which is a very prestigious award, and I'm honored to know her as a friend and honored to have her here. She has a lot of business experience. She co-founded a dental supply and medical supply company and has done numerous seminars all around the world. And so we're very excited to have her join us. Say hello, Naomi. Well, thank you, Ray. What's fun to be on this call. I'm delighted to be here. Well, thank you so much. Hey, Naomi, you know, one of the reasons this is a timely call for you and I is you and I have had some side conversations over the past few years about our spiritual mind and the spirit in us. And this is a perfect topic because we're going to talk about the inspired mind, which is basically the spirit within. And one of the things I want the listener to hear is we've been talking about in the past few episodes about what really causes us to do what we do? What really motivates us? What's behind our decision-making? Why do we choose what we choose to do? You know, I think we all can relate to these choices that come up for us. We have the shoulds in our life, the shoulds, oughts, and musts that we know we need to do, we feel obligated to do. That's certainly a source of motivation. Maybe not the best motivation, but it's certainly one that drives us many times during the day and oftentimes throughout our life. The other motivator is fear. We've all heard that fear is a great motivator. Fear of failure, fear of rejection. We will do anything to avoid pain and consequences. The other thing that we find and we've talked about is apathy. Apathy really affects our motivation in a negative way, but it still is the reason we respond the way we do despair, we might feel the sadness, depression, anxiety, frustration, confusion will really affect us in a negative way and really maybe prevent us from being motivated the way we'd like to be motivated. However, it is a form of motivation. So we've talked about that. The other big motivator is the need for approval. We all seek recognition. We want praise. We look for trophies and promotions, and we avoid disapproval. A big motivation for us is the expectations that we think people have of us. And we let the expectations of our friends, parents, teachers, and society and the social media drive us into doing things because there's an expectation out there that we need to conform to a certain narrative or a certain way of being. These are, again, external forces of motivation. On a positive side, we're motivated by our desires, 
our goals. You know, these are things that when we have our self-talk, we say things like I want to and I will and I am. And it's like a determination that we go to this end in mind that we're wanting to achieve. So what I want to talk about today, though, is a little different type of motivation. And this is when I am moved or I am being called to do something. I'm being inspired to do something. Inspired means in my spirit. Well, what does that mean? Naomi, do we have a spirit? Do we hear, see, and feel our spirit? This is a different type of motivator. Well, okay, first of all, Ray, your preamble is phenomenal because it lays out for us all of the reasons why we do things. What motivates us? What motivates us to get up in the morning? Oh, you got to catch the bus, so to speak. There are musts in life, as you say. But there's something far beyond that that is so much deeper. And I love your topic for today, the inspired mind. Because inspire makes me think of something far beyond motivation. It's very spiritual in its denomination. You know, everybody has a spiritual being, a spiritual part of them. It's fun for me because I often say to somebody that I've never met and we're talking about things, I'll say, well, tell me about your spiritual life. And they always have an answer. Sometimes it's, I don't have one, which, of course, I don't believe they do have a spiritual life. Some say, well, I don't believe in God, that's for sure. So that's their spiritual life. And some people say, well, I know there has to be something that did this whole thing called a world. And even through some of the programs that people go through for recovery from addictive behavior, the first thing that they must decide is that there is a higher being or as we believe in our Judeo-Christian ethic, God. And that would be my focus for spirituality, is that I believe in the biblical God of the Old Testament and the New Testament. And as you and I have discussed, when we believe in God of the scriptures of the Bible, he has a three-denominational part of him. It's Father, Son, and Spirit. And uh, the very first quote in your book, underneath the title, The Inspired Mind, is so keen. It says inspiration is being in tune with the spirit within you. Okay, so those of us who believe in God have a spirit that dwells in us. And that's what happens when I just know that I should go and talk to somebody about something, or I just know I should call somebody, or you know what, I know that I should maybe even change my profession, maybe it's something that strong, but as you went on to say, it's a place of faith and trust and courage and hope and personally held convictions, that inspired mind, oh, I love that, right, and it is the deeper part of us. That is spirit. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. And I want to talk about the elephant in the room. Sometimes when people hear what you just said, 
it's God, they say, oh, I don't believe in God. I reject that. And it's almost a turnoff to them. However, denying that this spirit is inside of us is really just a way of us being in denial. <laughs> you know, we oftentimes say that we're in denial about some things that happen. And if we're in denial that the spirit is within us, it's very hard for us to stay in tune with that. What's interesting as you're thinking about that is how often do you hear someone say, oh my goodness, there was a tragedy. Oh, such and such a thing happened, a shooting in a school or whatever. And the television announcer will say, boy, we just need to pray for those people. It's interesting how often when we come to tragedy or we come up against a wall that we cannot move, we say, there's got to be somebody that can help me. There just has to be somebody that's bigger than me. And it's interesting how often someone who says, I just don't believe in that. When they get cancer, all of a sudden they're saying, I need to talk to somebody who believes in that because I need help here. I need a miracle. And the Spirit does miracles. The Spirit changes people's minds. We even believe that the Spirit heals people. So without going too far and getting too many people nervous and turned off here, we just love the concept of there's something more than just motivation. There's something called the Spirit that dwells in those who believe that actually talks to us through the day and tells us what to do and where to go. Ooh, she's crazy. <laughs> she's just crazy. What do you think, Ray? Well, you know, I put myself in that situation. Uh, you're crazy. <laughs> but I know you well enough to know that you're not. But this is where, <laughs> historically, in my years of dealing with this, there was many times that I felt there was a need for that. I wish I had that God to help me. I wish I had that spiritualness to help me get through a tough situation. I wish the prayer that I needed to say in this very tough situation was actually being heard, or is yeah. it just me just rambling on about a false hope or a false feeling? And what's transpired for me over time is the recognition of how much the negations in my self-talk prevented me from being in tune with the spirit within. I spent so much time in my self-talk having negations, and negations I would define as those negative things I say to myself, I'm not worthy, I'm not smart enough, I'm not capable, or I don't believe, I don't understand. The worst always happens to me, I never get any breaks. Life is tough. I've been told I'm stupid. I've been told I'm ugly, I won't amount to anything. And all these things keep playing in our mind. And to me, it prevented me from hearing and being in tune with the spirit <laughs> inside Absolutely. of me. And that's a real thing for most people. And of course, I've transitioned and transformed through that. However, it has not been easy to admit that, first of all, and then turn around and make the change. Yeah. And you know, there are very few people on this earth who do not believe 
that there is not only good, but there's evil in the world. And, you know, if we don't believe there's evil, just look at, again, a school shooting or something that's huge like that. That's evil. There is evil in the world, and you can just call it evil. Or if you want to be very spiritual, you could call it Satan or the devil or whatever. But it's that portion of the world that does exist, the evil that does exist, along with the good. It's that evil that is trying to keep us from doing the good. It's the easy way out. Oh, you don't have to tell the truth. Not this time. Oh, really? So it's that evil that is saying, no, your prayer is just going to the ceiling and bouncing right back. Oh, really? Wait a minute. I believe that it says in your holy book that when I talk to you, you hear me and you answer my prayer. Oh, well, he didn't answer that one. Oh, really? Maybe his answer was no or wait or not this time. So in a sense, it's very complicated, I think, Ray. In another sense, it's probably one of the simplest things in the world. You have, when you believe in God, he dwells within you, and he really does answer your prayers and does guide you with an insightful mind. Oh, I love that. And maybe that's why when we hear a really sound, good preacher, we think, where is he getting all that knowledge? Where is he getting that ability to just speak with such powerful words? Well, he's getting it from the Spirit. I don't believe he's just doing that on his own. I think if it's touching your heart, that it's the Spirit that's helping him. You know, I agree with everything you say. I'm going to play the devil's advocate because I remember a time in my life when I didn't feel the way I feel today. So I'm going to go back to that time because there's a lot of listeners are back at that time and are still reflecting at that time. And the evil in the world, I created a lot of that myself. That's good. I did some evil things. I hurt people. And I didn't do things the way that I would. And I regret them today. I apologized for those things if I could. I've forgiven myself in so many ways. But, you know, when you think you've done things in your life that are really bad, and you just don't feel you're worthy of it, and you don't worthy of fixing it, and it just doesn't come to you, because when you start thinking about listening to that spirit inside, you see your spirit is being poisoned because it was that poison inside of you that caused you to do the things that you did years ago that you haven't been able to really forget or you haven't really totally resolved that. So how do we transition from a place of lamenting that fury or lamenting that poison or lamenting the situations in our life or the circumstances in our life and stop doing that and start paying attention to something that's more hopeful, faith-filled, more spiritual, coming from the spirit within or coming from God. Because back then, what was coming to me was all from my mind. Okay, I think that there's one word that's a key to that, everything you've said. 
and that one word is forgiveness. If we believe in the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Son came, and we all know what happened on Easter Sunday, because we know what happened on Good Friday. And what happened, we know from Scripture, is that for those who believe, He forgave all of their sin, past, present, and future. Okay, if we believe that, that the Spirit within us has forgiven all of our sin, then when we've done something that we just can't forgive ourselves for, what a stupid mind thought. Of course we can forgive ourselves, because we're already forgiven. Of course we can forgive our enemy, because we've been forgiven. I think forgiveness is a huge key to mental stability, to wellness, and to an inspired mind. I think having a clear conscience, having forgiveness, often there's a big thing in your life. Let's say there's a big thing you did. Having forgiveness for yourself and clearing your conscience is huge. What inspires you to do that? I think it's the spirit within you. What helps you to do it? The spirit within you by reminding you that you're forgiven. And, you know, we're all given a conscience. And that, I think, is a gift from God. Because when we do something that's not good, that's evil, we feel guilty. Why do we feel guilty? Because of the spirit within us. So we say, oops, I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. And it's over. I have to tell you a funny story. When I was a little girl, we could ride our bicycles anywhere. It was really a great time to live. And I rode my bike to the five and dime store one day. And I walked in there and I saw you know, those little plastic things that you stick in a cake to put a candle in. <gasps> I saw a pink one. And I think it was five cents or three cents. And I didn't have any money. And I stole it. I stole it. And I got home, and what did I do? The spirit within me made me so miserable. I told my dad what I did. And he just very kindly said, let's get the car. We're going to the five and dime. <laughs> and took me in, and I had to return the little plastic candle holder and say that I was sorry, and I got forgiveness. <gasps> it was really good. <laughs> Now, that's a silly little story, but maybe not so silly, because it was foundational for me to realize that if I did evil, if I did something that was not good, it was wrong, it was stealing, even if it was a tiny little thing. You know, and sometimes we steal people's reputation by speaking ill of them when that's not deserved, and that bothers us. So we ask forgiveness if the Spirit is in us. If the evil is working against our conscience, then we just keep on doing it. You know, I hate to say it, but it's probably kind of like Putin right now. I think Putin is doing a lot of evil. And I'm not sure his conscience is working very well. I doubt if the Spirit's within him. Maybe that's being a little bit too political, but we've got a lot of people that are hurting because of his evil. So I think forgiveness is a big part of what goes on in our lives. 
And I remember, Ray, you and I talking about having forgiveness of ourselves for anything big that we did and what a relief that was. So that would be my answer to how do we get around that. Yeah, we think sometimes we depend on being forgiven by other people, which is certainly something that can happen, like the store owner forgiving you for what you did. And sometimes it's a lot bigger things where you hurt somebody really bad, either physically or emotionally, and you apologize, you in some way offer to make it up to the person, and the person forgives you for that. Many of the things, though, that we are so hard on ourselves about, and the things that are the hardest to forgive, are things that nobody can really take that away. No human can seemingly take that away. Because people believe that they don't deserve it. Even if they try to forgive, they don't believe it. Yeah. See, I spent so much time not believing that I was worthy of forgiveness that it was debilitating. And it took a long, 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 long time for me to have the awareness that truly I was forgiven. And it was, in fact, when I had a meaningful interaction with the Holy Spirit that came into me and just kept saying to me that you are forgiven. It's mine. You are forgiven. It's mine. It was a very meaningful thing. And it was just like it melted through me. It just reorganized everything inside of me, the tension, the pain, the heartache, the thoughts, the negations that I talked about earlier. All of a sudden, having that forgiveness from the Holy Spirit, which to me was a communication and a message from God, that's how I saw it. And I thought God wanted me to know that I was forgiven. And that was so powerful to me to know that that happened. And I was able to stop denying it at that point. I was able to stop saying I'm not worthy because now I feel I'm worthy of it because I'm in relationship with him. He feels I'm worthy, so who am I to say I'm not? And I think we just don't give ourselves the opportunity to stay quiet enough and go to a place where we can take that in. So for the listener and the person like me, Naomi, from a few years ago, What does it take or what can we say here to them now if they're feeling like they just don't deserve that? You know, this is easy rhetoric to say you're forgiven, just forgive, forgive yourself, forgive others, and just it'll all be better. You know, a lot of people don't believe it's that simple. I certainly didn't. So what can we say that could help a person transition to a place which allows them to hear the Holy Spirit, to hear that spirit in, that inspired mind come to the forefront instead of this evil mind, this devilish mind, this unforgiving mind, this unworthy mind, this worthless mind, instead of us having those feelings, what does it take for us to say, I'm worthy to hear this message coming to me from the spirit within? Well, I think you have demonstrated in your last couple paragraphs how that worked for you, and I would reiterate that. I would encourage our listeners to go to a quiet place, and really, it's very simple, and just to say, God, I want to believe. I want to believe in you, and I want to believe in your son, Jesus, and what he did for me, and I want to believe in your spirit that will live within me. 
forgive me for my sins, for my wickedness, for the evil that has perpetuated things within me, and just come in and live in my life. It's that easy. And then just be quiet and accept the fact that he's there. Accept the fact that you've asked him to be within you, and he is there. That inspired spirit is within you and will inspire you. And you know what happens when that happens? You not only are changed, but you are a change agent. You help change other people's lives because they say, boy, you seem carefree today. (laughs) You know, I'm carefree today because I've gotten forgiven for a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I'm real carefree today. Thank you very much. And then all of a sudden, you're going to want to pick up the Bible and say, there's stuff in there that I need to read. There was a gal that came to one of our seminars with her spouse, and she said to me, there's kind of a hole in my heart. Do you think it could be saved for God? And I said, yeah, I think that's a possibility. Why don't you come to my room tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock? We'll talk about it. She came to my room the next morning. She was a very sharp woman, very educated. She said, you'll never guess what happened. I had never held a Bible in my hand. And there was a Bible in my drawer of my hotel room. And I pulled it out. And in the back, there were some helps. And it showed me where to go. And I went there, and I believe. Naomi, I believe in him. I was just like, okay, okay. That's how easy it is. So that's what I would encourage our listeners, to not poo-poo, but to go quietly and say, God, if you're real, show up in my life and help me. I need help to have the inspired mind, to have the freedom from being feeling like I was not forgiven. And I need to be more effective with other people. And when we have that spirit within us, we are much more effective with other people because that spirit tells us where to go and what to do much of the time. So that's what I would encourage our listeners to do. You know, you're starting to jump into the next area of this conversation I want to have with you, because we've been talking about the spirit within and its absence in us in the past and the effect that it has had on us in the past and what we can do about lamenting the past and getting right with our past. There's also a present component that you're just touching on right now. How does the spirit within affect us in the present moment? Because so many of us wake up in the morning and we say, oh, another day. Oh, man, I have to go to work. I don't still feel like going to work today. Or maybe I'll go to work. Oh, you know, I got to go. I got to pay my bills. You know, they're going to you know, take my rent away or take my car away or whatever that might be. You know, and they just feel like they're not in control in their life. They are being controlled by all the have-tos the shoulds, I'm supposed to do this, supposed to do that. And they just feel like they're not being inspired. They're feeling controlled by these forces that in their present day, in the moment, that just prevents them from feeling inspired or feeling like there's something more to life than just this monotony that I go through every day, which I don't seem to get anywhere by doing this day in and day out. So how can somebody who, when we say living with an inspired mind, how does that come to be when we wake up in the morning 
Do we feel inspired? At lunchtime, are we feeling inspired? In the evening, at the end of our day, do we feel inspired? When we're working with a client or a customer, are we feeling inspired? When we're talking to a friend, are we feeling inspired? Hey, when we're talking to our mate, our spouse, our relationships, are we being inspired? Are we feeling something special inside that causes us to be something that we weren't before, but we are being today? What hope do we have that the Spirit can direct us and give us guidance in our day-to-day life in the present moment? Well, I think trust is a big word to answer those thoughts, trusting that he is who he says he is, and he will do what he says he will do. I also think that we have a part in this, and our part is to be as healthy as we can be physically, emotionally, intelligently, so that spiritually we can bless others. So we need to have enough rest. We need to have the right food to give us the strength that we need. We need to surround ourselves with people who we respect so much that we would like to be like them. And those are the kinds of things that I think help us to live a life that is inspired. I woke up this morning, my first thought was, I'm so excited about this call. Okay, why was I excited about this call? Number one, I know Ray McKinley, and he's an amazing, amazing person who keeps on growing. I've known you as being amazing for decades, but every time I meet you, you have grown in another way to a deeper point. I know this book. I've read this book, Ride the Elephant, and it's an incredible challenge. It is intellectually profound, but it's also got spiritual depth. So what do I want to do? I want to hang with people like Ray McKinley. I want to surround myself with people that I want to become like. But I also want to recognize that the Spirit will answer instantaneous prayers as well as long-term prayers. Now, the reason I'm going to tell you that is I'll try to tell it quickly. Because I had a stroke years ago, I have a limited swallowing capacity. And sometimes things get stuck in my throat. And this morning, a vitamin got stuck in my throat. And I choked for about 15 minutes. And it was very painful and very unpleasant. So what did I finally do? I finally said, Lord, please make this pill go down. And you know, Ray, within a second, that pill went down. Now, maybe that sounds like nothing to you, but to me, it was a small miracle. It was the Spirit saying, I'm there, I'll help you. Let's take that pill and get it down in your tummy where it belongs instead of stuck in your throat. I just don't think we understand how big God is. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient, all-knowing. He's amazing. So there's a little symbol that one of the amazing jewelry stores had years ago. It was a little pendant, and it said two words, try God. That would be my answer to almost everything that we've said today, Ray. Try God. He's willing to help you. I promise. You know, it's interesting. I have been reflecting quite a bit recently 
on the concept of the inspired mind and the concept of the spirit within and the concept of the Holy Spirit. Connecting all these things for me has been an important journey. And I kind of feel that, and this might help the listener as well, sometimes God seems to be too big for us. He's in heaven. He's way up high, far mm-hmm. away. And sometimes when I pray to God, I think, does he hear me? I mean, well, he's a long ways away. Maybe I should speak a little <laughs> louder so my voice carries up through into heaven because he's a long yeah. ways away. And you know what? I know there's a million other people talking to him right now at the same time. So I don't know, you know if he's going to sort this out. And so I struggle with trying to make that connection. And then, of course, Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God and is the Trinity and the three are one, you know, he's approachable. I certainly know more about him because he came on earth and he lived here. And he said all kinds of things to us about living an inspired life and living a faithful life and living a trustworthy life. He taught us all these things and he gave us stories upon stories. And the Bible is so interesting. Some people say, well, I don't believe in the Bible. Well, you know, that's kind of a blind man talking because the Bible has as much evil in it as it does faith. I mean, the dichotomy in the Bible is phenomenal. And it's the dichotomy between the evil behavior of man to the faithful behavior of man and to watch and observe the transformation of these biblical characters over time being transformed by the Holy Spirit and transformed by their relationship in the Word of God, the Word of God through Jesus Christ, as he talks about in the Bible. I mean, I say, oh, you know, I can relate to that. In fact, I wrote a book about that. I mean, I broke down his message, and I said, there's 12 dichotomies that Jesus talked about, and I'm going to talk about these 12, and we're talking about one of those today. So there's this transition, because when I look at all 12 of these, I was always on the more evil side or the maybe negative side of these dichotomies throughout my life, and I've been able to, as I think about them, transition to a more positive side, a more faithful side, a more the positive side that the stories of the Bible talk about. And that, I can relate to that. And what I want to do in the third one is this is different because the Holy Spirit is something unique. And I have had a new awareness about that recently that many people are going to say, well, what took you so long? You're probably saying the same same thing. (laughs) But I will say this, the Holy Spirit, that spirit within is really, that's actually inside of you. That's not out in heaven. That's not 2,000 years ago when Jesus was walking the face of the earth. No, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. It's in your soul. It's in your heart. So what I find now, when I start having conversations, I'm really having conversations with the Holy Spirit. Like you said today, you know, know, God, this thing can't get down my throat. Please help me get this on the throat. That was the Holy Spirit inside of you and saying to you, okay, I'm just waiting for you to ask. Let's get this done. (laughs) So this spirit is your partner. This spirit is your cohort. This spirit is your friend. The spirit sees what's best for you in times that you don't see it yourself. This spirit is the thing that allows you to see things so you got to get out of the way. You got to quit being negative. You got to quit having that anger. You got to quit having that unforgiveness. You got to quit being bitter. You got to quit thinking you're not worthy. You got to quit thinking those things because 
the Holy Spirit's just trying to talk to you and say, hey, let's get on with it. You know, yep. that is the present moment God. The present moment God is the Holy Spirit in you. It's an inspired mind. It's that part inside of you that was talking to you that's given you guidance that we're not always listening to. And for me, I spent almost a lifetime not listening to it, not wanting to listen to it. And I can think back many times now in the past, Naomi, where I knew the Holy Spirit was talking to me, but I just shut him out. I said, you don't know what you're talking about. Just get away. You don't know anything. I was that bitter and angry about some things. And finally, until I was able to say, hey, wait a minute. Maybe this person is my friend. Maybe this person has something for me. So one of the things I try to encourage my reader, encourage my students, is to go to that quiet place. Go to that place where you get and listen. Just listen. Let go and listen. And it's not like you have to listen for some thunder coming from a bolt of lightning from heaven. But listen to what's in your soul. Listen to what's in your mind. Listen to what's in your spirit. And give it a chance to give you guidance to lead you along the way. So that's my present moment awareness of the Holy Spirit and the effect it has on us. Your thoughts. Oh, so well said, Ray. Couldn't be said better. I appreciate that. Thank you. And it's been taking me a long time to get to a point where I could even say that. So thank you for being here to listen. There's another part of this inspired mind that's coming to me, and it's the future. It's what happens next. What happens to me in my old age? What happens to me when I die from this earth? What happens to my children? What happens to my grandchildren? What happens to all my friends? What happens to Naomi when I pass, if I pass before you pass? What happens to my children? What happens to my patients? What happens to other people? And there is almost like a feeling of value that I want to create or a legacy I want to create. Not that they remember me, but they remember the Holy Spirit. So what can we do? And the reason this was so important for me to have you on this call is because you have been thinking about this. You had some close calls recently in your life that you were just grateful to be here. And that's maybe part of the answer is your gratefulness. And I've watched your gratefulness and your grace and your love. And that expression, how do you see your spirit projecting into the future? And what does that look like? as Naomi's spirit moves forward for the well-being of herself and the world? Well, you know, often we think about legacy leaving as something we want to write down, which is very helpful, and give to people in a way of saying goodbye and leaving them something tangible, and that's fine. My husband and I have been married 65 years, So at our celebration with our family, which was just a small celebration, I had written out a six-page, eight-and-a-half-by-eleven of our whole life and how God had blessed us. So they have something tangible about our life. I think that's fine. But people have been watching us throughout our life. Our legacy is being established right this minute. Our children saw how we handled confrontation with our spouse. They lived through that with us. Our legacy was being left as 
they lived their daily lives in our home. And our friends have seen our legacy in the way we treat them. So our legacy is something that's being formed right now in front of people. And I do accept your comments with gratitude about seeing my gratitude for being alive after a couple of close calls. And that is wonderful that you see that because that is something that I truly experience. I think, oh my goodness, I have lived longer than my parents lived. They died very young, but I still have lived much longer than they have. And I've got today and I've got tomorrow. So what I do today and tomorrow are very, very important because I'm exchanging a whole day of my life for what I choose to do today and tomorrow. So obviously I want it to be good and not evil and success and not failure. I don't want to ever regret the price I paid for this day. I am so delighted to spend this time with you and your listeners. I could have gone and gotten my nails done. But what you're doing with your podcast, this is worthy work because you're saying this is what works really well. These concepts like forgiveness and grace and love, these things work really well in this dark, sick world. And we want to be, as it says in Scripture, salt and light in this dark world. I just spoke to 250 kids in Southern California at Pepperdine University, and these kids come from many of them very liberal backgrounds, very ungodly backgrounds, and yet they ate up the concepts that were being shared because they're God concepts, and they were receptive, which was really sweet. So I really praise you for what you're doing, Ray. It's worthy work, and it's worthy work for me to be with you this morning on this call. Well, it's been a blessing for me to have you on this call. You've been a blessing in my life, you and Jim both, and I'm very grateful for the gifts you continue to give to me and the world. And on your last day, you're going to be having a message to give to the world. Mm-hmm. You will, you will I have hope a gift. So. I believe that because you're such a strong presence and that spirit is in you. Even though there will be a day that people will come and see you at the funeral home, they'll see your body there in the casket. And I don't mean to be morbid, but the future for you is, is that your spirit will be so alive in that room. So well, that's alive. true because I'm not going to die. I learned that when my dad died when I was only 12 and he was so godly. Then I walked around the next morning looking for him because it was Good Friday when he died. So I was sure that he was going to raise from the dead. <laughs> and I walked around the room and he wasn't there. And then all of a sudden, the spirit within me said, he didn't die because daddies that love Jesus don't die. They just move to his house. So I'm not going to die. Sorry. <laughs> my body might look kind of dead. But my spirit's going to be with Jesus. That's where I'm going to spend eternity. And I would love if every one of your listeners was there, too. That would be really sweet. And maybe they'd look back and say, hey, part of it was because we heard that wonderful, wonderful podcast of Ray McKinley years ago. That's one of the reasons why our spirit is alive. 
very much so. And I believe that with all my heart. And I'd encourage all our listeners to take time and consider what really is going on here. Are you being motivated by a lot of external forces? Are you being motivated by the shoulds, oughts, and musts of the world? Are you being motivated by the expectations people have of you? Are you being motivated to achieve what society defines as success? And as you consider all of those things, I would ask you to consider what is going on inside of you. What is in your spirit? And the spirit has guidance for you and will bring you through Many of these challenges that you're going through will bring you through challenges in your relationship, at work, in your life. Listen and be in tune to the spirit within. So with that, I want to thank you, Naomi, very much for being a part of our podcast today. And I wish all of you a great week and a blessed life. And we'll see you next week for Ride the Elephant today. Thank you again for joining us. Dr. Ray McKinley is a speaker, author, and coach. In his new book, Ride the Elephant, The Journey to True Success, Dr. McKinley addresses the crisis in personal leadership and what you can do about it. Thank you for joining us today. Your feedback is important to us, and we'd like to hear from you. Email your comments and questions to ray at raymckinley.com. Join us next week for another informative podcast with Dr. Ray McKinley. Have a great week. 